Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 161, The Hidden Ones, Lively Stones. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I am Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. You know, as we record this, John, it could be that more events have happened in the world. I wouldn't be surprised if we're at war again as the United States. Yes. Defending Israel or something going on in the Middle East. Um, Last time we recorded, you mentioned that there were carrier groups, destroyer groups being of ours heading over. Um, Active deployment is happening. And you said something else about, um, was it Iran decided to stop or somebody stopped? Oh, Saudi Saudi Arabia. um, I have to go back and look it up, but it it was in the news cycle, which tells you you can't believe any of that anyways. But Saudi Arabia decided to, I guess there was some kind of a deal for oil with the United States. And when they saw that, that our country had sent these warships over there to be on the coastline of Israel, they decided to take that deal and take it to, I think, to China. Well, so what's interesting when, when you mentioned that is um, what's really going on behind the scenes that the that the United States news is not telling you. Have you heard of BRICS? Are you familiar with BRICS? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that take our monetary system down. Yeah, that's really what's happening, and it's mm-hmm. and I think it's being fomented by NATO. And the war in Ukraine and all that stuff is literally happening to help speed the destruction of the Western world. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, they're run by Satanists. They don't think they're doing that. Yeah. They probably think they're trying to destroy Russia and China and whatever. And incidentally, uh, as we speak about this, it wouldn't surprise me if a third front doesn't open up somewhere. you got Ukraine is the first front. Okay. Israel and Palestine is a new front. And then there could be, who knows, China may attack Taiwan. China, China Taiwan, yeah. Yeah, or it could be uh, something going on in Niger, in Africa. France is pulling out of Niger, and it, there's who knows. What do, you, what do you think about the idea that it happens right here on our own soil? I mean, they did let 10 million people walk across our border. That's another distinct possibility. They could be the, what they call the sleeper yeah. cells or something like that. And I, I think we're going to start to see, we're already seeing some terrorist-like attacks yeah. on either Jews uh, yeah. In living in America, or maybe it's going to happen to Palestinians too that might be here, or Muslims that live here, whichever. Yeah. It's division. It's yes. all designed to pit us against each other. Yeah. So as we fight one another, it's pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Yeah. Because that's the satanic global elites, the World Economic Forum, the George Soros, the Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. All of those that are the true puppet masters are doing all this. You yeah. Know? So BRICS is really about getting rid of the petrodollar, uh, keeping their currencies backed by gold, and that's going to become the new petrodollar. Okay. And so I could see Saudi Arabia thinking, well, here's our golden opportunity mm-hmm. to start selling oil through that basis and not the U.S. dollar, and which means then we're going to go attack them. And for all we know, that's what these carrier ships are, are actually going to be doing. 
You know, they, they hmm. may be getting moved into position because they're trying to stop BRICS and hmm. trying to stop the Saudis or anybody. If they punish one group yeah. to prevent them from selling oil in rupees or rubles or whatever the Russian money is yeah. or the yuan for China, because they're not going down without a fight. So I, I think that they're putting this carrier group out there because they're trying to start a, the Third World War. Oh, it's an instigation. Why do yeah. we need to put a, an aircraft carrier on the shore of Gaza? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very small territory. It's six miles wide. It's the size 25 of Philadelphia. Miles, 25 miles long. Yeah. Israel can't take care of that on their own. They need an aircraft carrier yeah. on the shoreline. Exactly. So you know there's another reason. But they're putting that boat well within striking distance yeah. of someone over there, right? And as soon as someone drops a, a bomb onto that boat, man, there's our golden opportunity. All right, now you now you you poke the bear, right? We're going to sort of jump in and start it all up. And, and it's happening at a time when Ukraine is losing popular support mm-hmm. and Russia's winning the war. Yeah. And so they're going to have to, they're, they're no longer going to be able to money launder all their billions to hide Biden's shenanigans yeah. and uh, the um, the uh, biochemical weapons labs mm-hmm. that are over there, yeah. and who knows what else? Human uh, trafficking. Yep, that uh, they're doing absolutely. So they, it's always deflect and yep. polarize, deflect and polarize. That's the that's the job of the satanic global elites. Hmm. So we're gonna do our best to call them out and maybe take them down. And by that, I mean wake people up to see what they're doing so that they lose their power. Okay. But ultimately, folks, they're going to come into power. The Antichrist is going to arrive, and uh, there's going to be a global governance under his kingdom. So our aim is to get as many people to wake up to the truth as Yeah, and that's the purpose of the BRICS thing, right? you got to take down the petrodollar Mm -hmm. so that you can establish one world currency. Well, like to me, in a way, the uh, it could be the BRICS is the deflection to get some sort of a, I forget the acronym, but it's kind of like Bitcoin, but controlled by government. And oh, that's, you're talking about the, uh, yeah, the digital currency. What do they call it? Cur- CDCC? Yeah. Yeah, like something that. like yeah. that. And that's going to be what we're all forced to do because yeah. of war and because of whatever, pandemics, plandemics. Uh, ultimately, they're going to be able to control what you buy and sell. Yeah. Yeah. And that essentially is going to be. Which ties to the mark, right? Yeah, because absolutely. It, and if they make a digital currency, if you don't take the mark, then you can't. It says in the Bible, if you don't, those who don't take the mark mm-hmm. can't perform uh, business, essentially, right? And yeah. they can't buy or sell, right? Yeah. So if you don't take the mark, which is tied to the digital currency, so they're they're one and the same, almost like a chip. Or something, right? Yeah. That is implanted into humans. It could be. So then that would kind of tell me, and I'm just taking stabs out here. So tell me if I'm wrong, because I have been many times. That that would be post-rapture, right? Oh, I absolutely is post-rapture. Not not just the mark. We know the mark is post-rapture. Yeah, I, I do believe but the, the digital mark, currency is post-rapture. Well, it well. could be formulated. It's getting formulated now. It's which, building right now, which seems to point to the rapture being near. I guess the point I'm trying to make is the. They'll flip the switch where everybody has to have it yeah. post-rapture because it's tied to the mark. We know and, that the and it mark. could be the rapture is a precipitating event. Yeah. That, that flips yeah, yeah. the switch. Yeah. You know, I had a listener write me and uh, pose a really sobering thought that I hadn't considered. But speaking of the mark, he says, um, he quotes um, Revelation where it says they must take the mark either in their forehead or in their hand. Mm-hmm. And we wondered why, why either or. And then he suggested, could it be that they re-implement the cutting off of the hand as punishment? 
And so they, they do the right hand. Okay. So what if uh, the ones that have it in their forehead got it in their forehead because at first they refused and Ooh. cut the hand off? You know, that's that's a thought and scary, too. Glad I won't be around for yes, that. Yes, amen to that. <laughs> so again, back to why we're trying to reach as many people as we can. You don't want to be around for that. You want to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so let's dive in, John, with our uh, well, welcoming our newest seekers. Okay. So this episode is brought to us or brought to you by our premium subscribers or what we call our seekers. They are Carl Q, Jewel B, Alexander B, Lauren T, and Nicole B., all of which joined us in May of 2023. Welcome. Welcome, all of you. Thank you. And I remember Jewel B. I, I think I know who she is. Uh-huh. Uh, she's written to me before. Um, we finally get around to acknowledging her. I've been waiting for that one for a while. Uh-huh. I've been watching it. She has an Instagram, and I watch it. And, oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll so, check uh, that out. Yeah, I don't know if I should be allowed to say much about it, but it's a good, it's a good one. Uh, so um, hmm. thank you all, though for becoming our, our latest subscribers. And I guess we should remind folks, John, too, of our November offer. Yeah, so don't forget, we have a special offer in November, like you just said. We've reduced the yearly subscription rate from the normal $84 for 12 months to $77 for 12 months, which means you get a month free, right? Yeah. And anybody who subscribes during the month of November will also get a free copy of Karen Wilkinson's book, which is called Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. Yeah, amen. So, Thank you, Karen. Karen. Yep. So Karen graciously announced this offer when we did our live Q&A stream, and she'll provide these books throughout November. So uh, remember, the book offer is good only through November while supplies last. So it is. there's a limit on it. But the discounted rate will be applied for all new yearly subscriptions and future renewals of any existing yearly subscriptions. It's our way of saying thank you for supporting the ministry. Could I have written that more tongue twistery for you, John? (laughs) Man, and I just ad-libbed my way through the whole thing. Well, you did great. And and as I was reading along, I was going, man, that's hard to say. (laughs) And I would like to say I don't get to rehearse this stuff uh, Scott just drops it on me when I walk in the door. He's like, hey, you got to do a, a big... Well, got to keep you on your feet, right? <laughs> keep you on your toes. It's all right. Yeah. Well, to, and, and just remember that uh, the the new subscription rate for the yearly subscription price is going to be not just November, but throughout. And so uh, those of you that had already subscribed for the yearly, it could have been with us already for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when your subscription does renew, you'll get the discounted rate too. So it's just our way of saying thanks, and we so much appreciate you supporting us. But yeah, do you, if this is the if this is what it takes to get you to uh, decide to make that decision to subscribe, if you haven't done so, Karen's book is fascinating. So you're you know I can't think of a better carrot uh, uh-huh. to dangle in front of you than that one because you will thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's continue, John, now with our hidden series, The Hidden Ones. Okay. <laughs> it's not a hidden series. It's a series about the hidden ones. <laughs> you can find it anywhere on any podcast. But uh, we've been basing um, uh, what we're discussing on Psalm 83. And recall that uh, God in Psalm 83 is being asked to deliver his people, and he mm-hmm. calls them the hidden ones. Yeah. So we're, without going back and rehashing all that, we're going to dive into the Subtitle of the episode today is The Lively Stones, because we spoke about the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, last week. And we saw that the hidden ones are based on them being his treasure. 
the cornerstone mm-hmm. uh, is Christ. Uh, he's the one that found the treasure and he hid it in the field. Yeah. We believe that's pertaining to Israel. And we're saying, is it possible that we're looking at this from the wrong lens? And instead of thinking the modern nation state of Israel is uh, fulfillment of scripture of Ezekiel 37, when Christ, uh, or rather when God uh, made them a nation again in 1948, maybe that the true Israel is still hidden in the world. Mm-hmm. Whether they're in that nation or other nations, okay. scattered around the world, still in exile, which remember we mentioned our true Torah Jew uh, resources who believe wholeheartedly that Israel should not seek to go back into the land until the Lord restores them. Okay. And they don't see the restoration that took place in 1948 as of the Lord. They see that as a political maneuver and they describe that group of people. They call them the Zionists, you know. Mm-hmm. And it could be that some of the uh, people that are vastly opposed to Israel being a nation around the world, including the Muslim community, that's what they're saying. Their hatred is not of Jews. Their Hmm. hatred is of the Zionist Jews that came and took the land. Hmm. And while people are going to accuse me for even saying that, of being anti-Semitic, that's not the case. Because then that would make Orthodox Jews that disagree with Zionism anti-Semitic too. And that just isn't possible. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, if you look at the history, and I would encourage anybody that wants to delve into this to study the true history, for centuries, both Christians and Jews lived alongside Muslims in their nations. Mm-hmm. They were friends. They interacted peacefully. They observed one another's holidays. They had business. They had trade. They went to each other's birthday parties. During the Ottoman mm-hmm. Empire, even as late as that, all that was taking place. The hatred came about after the nation was formed in 1948, not before. Hmm. And, and there were some, there were some uh, terrorist actions uh, against Israel before 1948 because they were still in the process of taking lands that yeah. had been formerly occupied. So remember everything that you—if it's the current narrative amongst the media propaganda, it's probably a lie. Yeah. And so it's their way of pitting us against each other. I was about to say, it's all about division. All about division, always. Polarize so that we can go do this horrible, evil thing behind the scenes while these two are fighting each other. Yeah. That's what they're doing. And there's probably more to this attack by Hamas than meets the eye. Hmm. I'm not siding with Hamas in the least. That's a horrible thing they did. They killed innocent people. But I am saying that it was probably allowed to happen. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. They didn't just drive through that fence yeah. without being let through. And I think Mossad and CIA both knew it was happening. Yeah. You you know they did. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the satanic global elites are evil, and so are their human proxies. Yeah. Never forget that. It doesn't matter which nation. There's no special blessing or provision of Israel right now, in my opinion. Well, the question is, the what are they setting, you know, yeah. setting us up for? Yeah. Because they let them through that fence. They let them... They they pulled the soldiers out of there so that they yeah. could do what they did and got us all emotional. Yeah. And then here comes the awesome United States with our with our aircraft carrier right. to make sure that that we've got Israel's back as if they can't take down this what's going on in, in Gaza. Exactly. Well, they're setting us up for something. They are. Uh. And by the way, this is something that we're gonna have to maybe do an episode on in another time. But the very symbol of Israel on their flag is what they call the Star of David. Yeah. And if you research that, David had no star. Okay. It's the Star of Solomon, his son. Okay. After he turned his heart toward other gods. And it is literally the symbol of Moloch. 
Hmm. Okay. The star of your God, Moloch. And that's what Stephen was stoned for bringing up in Acts chapter uh, 7 and 8. So Ooh, I'm um, glad you said that because yeah. I'm a uh, that's where I am in Acts. Oh wow! I'm reading the book of Acts right now, okay. so that's I just stopped right at that point. And so when I pick it up, yeah, now you'll know. Hopefully today. Well, you, then <laughs> you do the research it on it, and we'll we'll take your notes and we'll prepare <laughs> that episode because we need to do an episode okay. on the on the symbol of Israel. And you think it should be like a menorah uh-huh. or something, but no, it's it's the star. Okay, and that's a satanic symbol, folks. So wow. that tells you who's running the country. This is not about honest, sincere Jewish people. Isn't it amazing how they're always right in your face with this stuff, too? Yeah. Well, that's symbolism is the, under, yeah. the undoing of the elites. Yeah. That's how you can know that. It's almost like but they not, are contractually obligated to put in the fine print what they're doing so <laughs> yeah. humanity can see it. Otherwise, it's, you know, God's I always thought of it as just brazenness. Like, they're yeah. so, like, these people are so dumb. Like, we can just do this right in front of them. They don't even know what's going on. Well, they do think that about us. Yeah. They think we're cattle. Yeah. You know, so. Now, um, so Christ is the Redeemer. Okay. Okay. It says that he comes to those who turn from transgression in Jacob. So it is Jews, uh, are we talking about Jews who become devout Orthodox Jews and they stop playing cards and smoking and drinking you know, or is it those Jews who accept Christ as Messiah? Okay. And so we're going to find out if the Redeemer comes to those who turn from transgression, what is the transgression they turn from? So let's read that passage in Isaiah 59, verse 20. It says, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, another name for Israel, another name for Jerusalem, I should say. Okay. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Interesting, by the way, that those who promote the modern state of Israel called themselves Zionists. Mm-hmm. You know, that they are Zionist Israel. That's not a negative term. It's not meant to be negative. It's used in the negative by those who oppose them. Okay. But it was their own term. They, they, the first Zionist Congress was named by Theodore Herzl. And this hmm. group of people. Okay. So it's we're not saying it in a in a reference to negativity. But what they have as their agenda to me was not right. Okay. And therefore it's just like satanic global elites to co-opt a true godly thing like Zion and use it as their name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. So whoever this references in prophecy of Isaiah 59 is talking about the Redeemer, the cornerstone, Jesus, mm-hmm. yeah. coming back to those that turn from transgression in Israel. Okay. All right. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. So the promise is this is part of the beginning of restoration for Israel. Okay. Now, as we spoke last week, this can't be referring to Messianic Jews, I'll use the term. Okay. Because those Jews that do convert to Christianity today are saved and delivered from the wrath to come. And they'll leave in the rapture. They're going to leave in the rapture, right. So this is going to happen after that. Okay. So whoever this group of people are, we know they're Jews. Okay. They're in Jacob. We know they turn from transgression and they accept the Redeemer. Okay. All right. So what is the transgression? Like I said, is is it because they're playing cards? Mm -hmm. You know, that's not it. Look in Hosea 5. Okay. And we've read this many times before. Verse 15, is the Lord responding to Israel? Remember, Hosea is the divorce. Okay. It's where God said in chapter 1, you're low am I, not my people. Yeah. 
but you will be again, and you'll outnumber the sand of the sea. But for now, you're not my people. And during that time, he says in Hosea 5.15, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. So several points. I will go and return to my place. It's the Lord speaking. Mm-hmm. Well, what does he mean, return? He was here, and he left, yeah. pointing to Jesus Christ. Yeah. He ascended to the Father. He says, till I'll stay in my place, which is heaven, the third heaven, till they acknowledge their offense. Who is they? Israel. Mm-hmm. What was their offense? Just like we read last week in Matthew 21 in the parable of the householder in the vineyard, mm-hmm. the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. Their offense was rejecting the son. Yeah. This is the son. Let's kill him and seize on the inheritance. Mm-hmm. So they rejected the cornerstone, as he goes on to point out. Okay. All right? I will go to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. At some point, they're going to go, Lord, we're sorry. Yeah. We're sorry for our crime. What is our crime? In their affliction, they will seek me early. The affliction is going to be the time of Jacob's trouble, yeah. or at least one of the precipitating wars like either Psalm 83 or Gog and Magog, hmm. when they say, God, please help us. And what is going on? Are they gathered into the nation, or are there some true hidden ones in the nation now? Sure. In the yeah. Israel that are the ones that turn back to him. Yeah. And it can't, like we said, it can't be Messianic Jews. It has to be after the rapture. Hmm. Okay. So that's what we're going to delve into. What could possibly be the event that causes God's Jewish people to turn to Messiah and say, save us. We're sorry. We now acknowledge our sin. We know what we did wrong. We rejected the Christ. We were wrong to do that. What is it going to be? What could possibly happen? Well, I got to thinking... Maybe there's something about the hidden ones and the lively stones that Peter refers to. Okay. And for that, we've got to back up a little bit and investigate stones. Okay. Because we're going to find there's a place where John the Baptist makes reference to some stones. Mm -hmm. And here's what I believe he's talking about. Let's get the history first. For that, we're going to go to Joshua chapter 4. And Joshua chapter 4... I don't know if most people realize this because, you know, a lot of Christians don't really study their Bible, sadly. Yeah. But we all know about the Red Sea parting when the children of Israel were delivered out of bondage in Egypt Mm -hmm. in the Exodus. But do you know that the Jordan River also parted the exact same way when Joshua led the children of Israel into the conquest of Canaan? Okay. So they had to come up through, that wandered in the wilderness 40 years, and then they come across through Moab and... uh, Edom, well, Edom didn't let them pass, but whatever, Ammon. And now they're on the west bank okay. of the Jordan River, and they're moving east. Or excuse me, they're on the, yeah, it's the west bank, but they're moving west into the land of Canaan, crossing the river. Okay. And the river parts. Hmm. So in John chapter 4, or Joshua chapter 4, verse 1, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, okay. the children of Israel crossed over on the dry land, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man. So one mm-hmm. person represents each of the twelve tribes of Israel. And command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. And you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. 
So they, they carried 12 stones that were in the dry riverbed okay. out of the river, and they set them up on, I guess, the, the western bank of the Jordan. Yeah. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? And as you can see the stones there on the bank. Yeah. Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, you know, split, separated like the Red Sea. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spoke, uh, spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. So the stones were taken out of the middle of the river, and they were set up as a memorial. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on on the bank of Jordan. Now you're kind of thinking, well, big deal. There's a memorial of stones, mm-hmm. you know, river stones. Nothing fancy about yeah. that. Um, but there's an interesting connection that stones have with Israel and in particular, the priesthood. And so one more bit of history before we get to the statement that John the Baptist made. Okay. And we're going to go to Exodus chapter 28, verse 15. And this was when Moses was given all the commandments to build the tabernacle and the priesthood garments and all mm-hmm. the Ark of the Covenant and everything else. Yeah. In verse 15, we read, And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. And this breastplate was called, we'll, we'll see it's going to be called an ephod. Yeah. And the high priest wore it. Okay. Okay. Uh, after the work of the ephod, thou shalt make it of gold, of blue and of purple and of scarlet, and of fine twined linen shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be, being doubled. A span shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breast thereof. And thou shalt set in it settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row, so three stones in each row. Yeah. The second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a liger, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stone shall be with the names of the children of Israel, 12, mm-hmm. according to their names, the, the 12 tribes. Yeah. Like the engravings of a signet. Everyone with his name shall they be according to the 12 tribes. So we've got 12 stones set up as a memorial on the bank of Jordan. Yeah. That Joshua had the each one of each tribe, a leader of each tribe, brought a stone over. I mean, why not one guy go pick up 12 stones? Or why not just any random 12? Like, who yeah. wants to volunteer? Yeah. No, it had to be a leader of each one. Okay. Then we got the stones of the Ephod, each stone representing one of the tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the time of the ministry of Jesus, the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And before he comes, the prophet goes before him to make clear the path, to make straight the path for the Lord. Okay. It's John the Baptist. Hmm. John begins his ministry preaching in Jordan. 
Hmm. He baptizes. People come out. He's got disciples. People are coming to hear him preach. And one day the Pharisees come out to hear him preach. So there he is on the banks of Jordan. And it says in Matthew 3, verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Same message Jesus preached, by yeah. the way, the National Salvation Program. For this is he of that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight, referring to John. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. And I do believe the baptism was sprinkling. He wasn't immersing you. Oh, you don't Which, think it was dipping them in the no, river? No, not at all. You think you'd let a woolly-looking guy wearing camel's hair and eating <laughs> locusts and wild honey push your head under the water? I, I'm actually amazed by <laughs> by the fact that people actually went to him to get baptized. Yeah, in the first place. I mean, I, I picture this guy. He's living in the woods, right? <clears throat> He's got to look rough. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, he's got to look rough. He's out there eating bugs. <laughs> And he's wearing camel hair shirt right. and leather loincloth. Not the kind of guy you want to meet in a dark alley, right? But people are going to him to get baptized. Yeah. So his message was very powerful. Well, plus, as we've discussed in the Millennial Rain series, we know that God said he's going to sprinkle clean water mm -hmm. on Israel. So he would be basically fulfilling scriptures or else the, children, the people of Israel would have said he's a nut. You know, yeah. So I believe they they he sprinkled the water. He could have had a, a gourd or something, and he just poured it on. Them, okay. You know, but regardless, we're not trying to start a war about the method of baptism. <laughs> I'm interested in what he says next. Okay. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, "O generation of vipers!" Mm -hmm. Once again, that's the satanic global elites, yeah. demon possessed, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. So are you, you're coming here to see what I'm doing, probably to arrest me or mm -hmm. bring charges against me or something. He says, who warned you to flee from wrath? You better have a change of heart. Fruits mm -hmm. meet for repentance. And here's the statement. Now, why make a statement like this? And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. In other words, genealogy. We're yeah. the children of Abraham. We're the seed of Abraham. Yeah. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. What stones is he talking about? Hmm. He's not just talking about the rocks on the riverbank. He's talking about the 12 stones that Joshua set up. Yeah. He's pointing out to them that we know each stone represented one of the 12 tribes. And so he says, God is there. Why say something like that if it didn't mean something? God's not capricious. Yeah. He does use poetic language, but he doesn't do it for the sake of poetry. Hmm. There's always types. 
And then he goes on to say, and now also the axe is laid under the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Well, I know the trees represent the leadership of Israel. Yeah. God didn't go into the forest and start chopping down trees. He destroyed the nation. Mm -hmm. He cut down the leaders and Rome destroyed the, 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 the Jewish kingdom and uh, tore down the temple. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was talking about. The axe is laid to the root of the trees. Who are the trees? Well, it had that, to do the Nephilim-possessed leadership. Of I was going to say, then that's prophetic to the end times when they're finally cast into the into the pit. Right? Yeah, the lake of fire. Yeah, the Ultimate. lake of fire. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. So then stones aren't just stones. If trees aren't trees and they, they're a type of something, mm -hmm. what are the stones a type of? Well, there's another interesting thing that Jesus said about stones in Luke chapter 19. Before you go on okay. real quick. So God or uh, John the Baptist is actually standing and baptizing people on the Jordan River yeah. where those stones are that they brought out of the river and set up. That's right. Because he's pointing to them saying, hey, these stones, these stones. He's not you know, like you said, he's not just referring to rocks all along the riverbank. He's saying these stones. So here they are, the yeah. 12 stones that they brought out of that river when he parted the river and they're set up right here. So that's where he was doing the baptism. That's what right I believe. At that spot. Because it was a memorial forever. He said yeah. for the children of Israel, that would be a memorial for them. What would be the meaning of these stones? What perfect place for John to baptize right there in front of the stones? Do you think they're still there? I don't know. That'd be a good question for L.A. Marzulli or someone know, who's Derek Gilbert or one of those Yeah, that's traveled. And by the way, did you know that uh, L.A. had a, a, a group that was going over to Israel mm -hmm. right before Hamas attacked and they had to cancel the trip because they closed the Ben Gurion airport? Thank God that yeah. they didn't get stuck yeah. over there. So, L.A., we want you to know we're still praying for you and Peggy and your group. Yeah. Uh, and for safety. and um, Absolutely. And then, of course. Uh, L.A. still got work to do. That's yeah. what it told us, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but uh, absolutely, we are, we're grateful for anybody that didn't end up in harm's way yeah. uh, over there. So, if we can conclude from this, and yes, we are drawing conclusions based on speculation. Mm -hmm. But I believe absolutely that John was referring to those stones. Okay. Why why just refer to any stones? We see the connection of stones to the ephod and the tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. He would be referring to those if he said he can raise up children to Abraham in connection to being Jews, mm -hmm. right? And then in Luke 19, Jesus comes into Jerusalem. This is the, you know, riding on the cult, the fall of an ass. This is Palm Sunday, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff yeah. that people celebrate. And in verse 37, we read, and when he was come nigh or near, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So this is like, uh, you know, they were giving praise. This is the believers mm -hmm. amongst the Jews of Israel that were thinking this was the date. This was the Messiah. He's the King. He's the one coming. Okay. And, of course, the unbelieving Jews, like the Pharisees, rebuke him. And they say, some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he's not just referring to the twelve. He's referring to all of them yeah. that were following. And he answered and said unto them, in Jesus' words, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, if the disciples should remain quiet, the stones would immediately cry out. That's an interesting statement. Yeah. 
Now, I've never heard a stone scream. I had a pet rock once. <laughs> I did. Uh, but I never heard it scream. So what was he meaning? Again, God doesn't use poetic language just for the sake of waxing poetic. Mm-hmm. What stones would have cried out? Hmm. Now, we get an They would need mouths. They would need lungs, breath, and a mind. Yeah. So what is he trying to tell us here? Is God going to turn stones into witnesses? Into people? Is it possible the hidden ones include a group of stones that are going to be changed into human beings? Children of Abraham. The 12 stones that were brought out of the Jordan yeah. River. And could it be that it's the 144,000? Well, they're, they're descendants. Yeah. Those 12. Of each of the 12 tribes. Yeah. Which now, is the true nation of Israel. Is well, the beginnings at, right? of it, yeah. the beginnings yeah. of it for after the rapture. Mm-hmm. So is it possible? I mean, where I'm leading with this is there's not going to be a revelation of the hidden ones until the stones are turned into the seed of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. So Go, and, and during the tribulation period, there's 144,000 people, right? That are the Jewish men mm-hmm. that do not know women. Okay. They're, they're virgins and they're sealed. Yeah. And they're descendants of these 12 yeah. stones, right? Which well, they're, be, they're, we'll get to them. Which would mean that the stones have to become humans prior to the rapture because you're talking 12 generations down the line. 12, well, all those thoughts. 12, now you want to get into the genetics of it. Yeah. That's where we're going with this. Am I, am I getting too far ahead? <laughs> well, you are. But we, we, I'm, hold that thought because okay. I want to talk about that. Okay. Let's get a little bit more evidence because I'm not saying all Israel is going to become a stone or, or come from a stone. Yeah. I'm saying is it possible that this could be a catalytic event mm-hmm. after the rapture that maybe Moses and Elijah appear? Because they're the two witnesses. Yeah. And maybe one of their miracles is to turn the stones hmm. into the 12,000 wow. 12, from each tribe of the 144,000. Because Peter uh, okay. because Peter refers to all Israel that gets saved during that time as lively stones. Hmm. Go to First Peter. That's why I'm saying I don't want to get too far ahead because I think you're going where I want to go with this. Okay. Yeah. So First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says... Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be, you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, there's a lot of Christians that probably don't believe this, but all of the epistles from Hebrews through Revelation are directed at the tribulation saints. Okay. That's who they're written to. There are far admonition and learning, just like the Old Testament. Yeah. But Paul's epistles are directed to the church age. Mm-hmm. And these epistles are directed to those who must go through a trial of their faith, okay. which is the, the time of Jacob's trouble. All right? So he says, to whom coming as unto a living stone, the cornerstone, Jesus, disallowed indeed of men, that builders rejected, mm-hmm. but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Laying a stone is like a mason 
Mm-hmm. I lay in Zion, Zion, a chief cornerstone, Jesus, mm-hmm. elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. It's like he's trying to remind Israel, Jesus is the cornerstone. Yeah. The builders rejected him. Now you've accepted him. Mm-hmm. Now you're lively stones. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, unbelieving Israel being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye, now watch this, we know who he's talking about. Ye are a chosen generation, not the generation that was rejected. Mm -hmm. A royal priesthood, priests of the king, and holy nation. We're back to dealing with the nation again. Hmm. The kingdom shall be taken from you and given to a nation who will bring forth the fruits thereof. The church is not a nation. No. We're many nations. This is a nation, a peculiar people, peculiar treasure. Yeah. We read that God's treasure hid in the field. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, Hosea chapter 1, okay. but are now the people of God, the true Israel, which had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. So hmm. I believe that something happens after the rapture. We know two witnesses will appear. Maybe they're instrumental in causing the stones on the bank of Jordan, or who knows what, to hmm. become lively stones. Well, actually, they, I think they're going to become the 144,000, yep. possibly. And through their preaching and through their ministry, the rest of Israel gets saved. Hmm. And they are the priesthood. They are the lively stones. And that word lively is an interesting word. Yeah. What do you think of if you use the word lively and you said like, oh, he's a lively one? Just means he's got a lot of energy. He's yeah. got a lot of like you know, a kid. Yeah, bound up energy. Yeah. Okay. Lively in Greek, because that's what this New Testament is written in. It means living. To live, breathe. It's zeo. Mm-hmm. It's the root of the word zoo. When you go to the zoo, where do you go? You go to see living animals. Mm-hmm. Zeo. So to live, breathe, be among the living, not lifeless or dead, to enjoy real life. Kind of ties us back to the bones in Ezekiel Hmm. 37. To have true life and worthy of the name, active, blessed, endless in the kingdom of God, to live past life in the manner of the living and acting. So lively means living. Just as Christ referred to living waters, these are living stones. Hmm. The stones would cry out if the disciples held their peace. Hmm. Is it possible that witnesses are going to come and a nation will be born in a day is not pointing to May 14th, 1948. Hmm. You know, they they use that too as as the evangelical Christians want to say, oh, Israel was born in a day, 1948. Yeah. Well, so was America, 1776, July 4th. Yeah. You know, and we had to fight a war of independence, but we declared ourselves to be free and independent states. Hmm. The nation was born in a day. That happens all the time. Yeah. That's not a miracle. But what is a miracle is what if a bunch of stones become alive and begin to cry out, yeah. Hosanna, Christ is the Lord. What would possibly convince all the unbelieving Jews of the world that Jesus was, in fact, Messiah? Hmm. Boy, it'd take a miracle, wouldn't it? Yeah. They've been blind and in unbelief, Paul said. Blindness in part has happened to Israel till the fullness of the Gentiles become in, Romans 11. Well, what if after the rapture, the fullness become in and the two witnesses appear and they perform a miracle? And maybe, just maybe, I can't prove it. Mm -hmm. The stones of Jordan stand up 
and cry out. Wow. If God can raise the dead, he can turn stones to people. Oh, absolutely. Right? And so many that believe that modern Israel was born as a nation in a day, they they believe maybe something significant did happen that day. I think so. Mm -hmm. But just as I said, by the same measure, we can say America was born in a day. So maybe something else is going on with being born in a day. Look at Isaiah 66. That's the passage they refer to. And for that, I'm going to pull up trusty iPad. The trusty iPad because it's a longer passage than I could fit on the screen. Isaiah 66, last chapter of Isaiah, starting in verse 5. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake. Let the Lord be glorified. So who are the ones that the brethren hated? The ones that trembled at his word. Yeah. The ones that believed that Christ was Messiah, but they cast you out. He said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed, the ones who cast you out. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. Mm -hmm. He pays back. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. I believe that's a reference to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't born during the time of travail. Mm Mm-hmm. He was born during a time when they were being offered the kingdom. Yeah. But they didn't go into travail. Travail is a reference to the tribulation. Okay. Yeah. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? Now, this is the passage that people like to refer to and say, yeah, Israel was born in a day, 1948. Yeah. May 14th. Well, it says... For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth children. I don't mm. think the nation is going to be born until the travail starts. Wow. Something begins. I don't know if it's the, the battle of Gog and Magog. I don't know if it's mm. Psalm 83. Yeah. But something I know in, in Ezekiel 39 says, From this day forth they will know I'm their God and they're my people. Mm. So it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. The nation hasn't been born yet, folks, in my opinion. He says, Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? Everything about this birth is referring to travail and tribulation. Hmm. Rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations that you may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. That's all going to come when he restores them. Then shall ye suck, ye shall be born upon her sides, and ye be dandled upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And when you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like an herb. And the hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants, and his indignation toward his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flaming uh, flames of fire. This is not the battle that's going on right currently. It's not any of the wars Israel's fought against their enemies up to this point. The Lord's going to come with his chariots. Hmm. When are we going to believe the Bible means what it says? Yeah. And yes, the chariots might be flying saucers. (laughs) I was just thinking that because we we did an episode called Chariots of Fire, right? It's advanced technology. Angel technology. But it's still going to be the Lord fighting the battle, not the idea for whatever. 
Um, so notice the man-child is born before the mother travails or goes into the labor. Okay. That's Christ. Then the children are born as soon as Zion travails. There's a 2,000-year gap there. Yeah. The two days of Isaiah 6. The man-child is Christ. The children are his people who believe on him. The Redeemer comes to those that turn from transgression in Zion we talked about. So are we really sure these passages apply to 1948? Hmm. I don't think they do. Yeah. Now, back to the stones, the lively stones and maybe the stones on the Jordan River. Uh, one last thought. The 144,000 Jewish males will be sealed for a ministry in the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay. I don't believe they can begin their ministry till the church is taken out of the way. Okay. They preach a different message. Yeah. Let's look in Revelation 7, and let's just read it again to see what happens. Verse 1, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed in hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. Hmm. Of the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Gad, twelve thousand. Asher, twelve thousand. Nephtalim, Nephthalim, sorry, 12,000. Manasseh, 12,000. Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zabulon, Joseph, and Benjamin. And then the next thing we see is a scene in heaven where the um, mixed multitude is up there of every nation. It looks to me like while these are being sealed, the rapture has taken place. Hmm. So maybe there's a sealing that goes on. Like I said... The men are identified with the 12 tribes. The stones yeah. are identified with the 12 tribes from the banks of the Jordan. There are 12 stones on the ephod of the high priest. Messianic Jews that convert today, like I said, they're going to be caught up in the rapture with us, mm -hmm. along with the rest of the church. So I don't think they're the hidden ones. But what if God somehow gives life to the stones in the Jordan River to bring forth the 144,000? Maybe the two witnesses perform it as a miracle. I don't know. If God can make Adam of the dust of the earth. Do you think there's any significance to the fact that the angel said seal them in their forehead? Because you just mentioned. A different seal. Okay. Not the mark. Yeah. Yeah. The seal yeah, yeah. is something else. Yeah. Hmm. But it's like Satan to emulate God by putting the mark on the forehead. Maybe that their mark is some sort of a deception to make people. I think, guess what I was getting at. What if these 144,000 refuse to take the mark of the beast and lose a hand? And then well, they're not going to be the ones to take the mark of the beast. Yeah. There, there's something yeah. supernatural about them. Hmm. Just as it's supernatural that the two witnesses reappear. Yeah. And we think they're Moses and Elijah. So they mm -hmm. come back from heaven, mm -hmm. you know, to, to do the things. So I don't think there's any connection to the mark of the beast and the, the seal on the foreheads of these. Okay. They, they get sealed from the very beginning and the mark of the beast doesn't come around until the middle of the week. Hmm. The middle of the three right. of the yeah. seven years. Okay. Yeah. So uh, if God can give life to Adam from the dust of the earth, you know, if he can make the mm -hmm. bones appear and give life to them and breathe in them his spirit, then he can give life to stones. I'm not saying absolutely 100% they're going to come from the stones, 
But could these lively stones be brought forth when the tribulation begins, mm-hmm. after the rapture? They're sealed. They're physically identifiable. So like right now, how do you identify a Jew today from one of the specific 12 tribes? Their genetics are mixed with all kinds yeah. of stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You've got Sephardic Jews, Ashkenazi Jews. There's some Gentile blood mixed into all those lines. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, um, it would be hard to even identify them with a specific nation, never mind a tribe. Yeah. But what if God has some DNA stored up from the hands of those that touch those stones? That's interesting. You know, and they're sealed to that point, and they're going to be the ones that call out and they start the new nation. Hmm. And for all we know, the 12 arrive with them somehow. Maybe they come back like Moses and Elijah. Yeah. A lot to think about. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah. So we are just mainly trying to show people that there's more than one way to look at this than to say Israel became a nation in 1948 and that's God handling it. Mm-hmm. What if Satan is behind a lot of what's going on with that nation being formed in opposition to God's teaching? Yeah. And I think we're going to see that um, one of the things that the true Torah Jews cite is Jeremiah 29 about when they were scattered into Babylon, they said, plant vineyards and build houses and marry your sons and marry your daughters off to sons and daughters mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, keep peace in those nations and it'll be well with you. The true Torah Jews believe that the preservation of God's people amongst the nations hidden mm-hmm. was through their assimilating into the cultures and languages of their states, not through forming a nation. And the moment they did form a nation, that jeopardized Jews all around the world. Yeah. They think Satan had a hand in forming the, the nation Israel to help bring more anti-Semitism and more persecution of Jews. Mm. Something to think about. It's a different perspective. So we'll dive into that a little more, Lord willing, next time. All the more reason to stop taking sides, right? Stop funding. Stop giving financial aid to any nation. Yeah. Stay out of it. That's what the founding fathers said. Entangling alliances. They're working us from both angles. Absolutely. All to bring about the Antichrist in this this game. Interesting. So open Hmm. your eyes, folks. Wake up and check out all the resources before Hmm. you get emotionally manipulated again. And through cognitive dissonance, become cannon fodder for another needless war. And hopefully we're doing something that will help you see that. But till next time, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you guys supporting us with your prayers, with your subscriptions, with your donations. We appreciate anything that the Lord might have you do and lay upon your heart to help us continue to reach folks. So till next time, remember to look up. Our redemption draws near. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.